What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I do appreciate all who who are uh, watching or, or who will listen to this when it is on a uh, podcast and um, on Spotify or Apple. Uh, go ahead. Let's go ahead and take this moment. Go over to your go over there if you if you listen that way. Click follow or subscribe, depending on the service you use. That way, whenever a new episode is posted, you have the ability to um, to get get alerts and all of that. It will jump right into your your feed, as well as leave us a a, uh, a review, uh, preferably five star if you like it. If you don't like it, let us know that as well, or let me know that as well. If you're watching here on YouTube, like, share, subscribe post your comments and uh, that helps with the algorithm there. Um, we got a, a pretty packed show here uh, for, for, for this episode. Um, but uh, before we jump into what I want to talk about, uh, it's been about a week since I've done my last episode and some events have happened that I haven't gotten to address yet. The number one thing being, um, the loss of Bray Wyatt and I'm kind of, kind of happy that I've sort of had a week to sort of process this because uh, regardless of what the rumors say on TikTok, right? There, there was a sort of rumor going around on TikTok that all I did was, was trash Bray Wyatt. It's not true. When I, when I got into, to uh, wrestling in tw- the end of 2013, beginning of 2014, he was one of the acts that sort of got me into watching it and, and liking the product. Um, and while I wasn't a big fan of the, the the lack of story progression, that is what I would would trash. Um, Bray Wyatt as uh, as a character, Wyndham Rotunda as a uh, performer, I've always been a big fan of. I think he's um, super creative, and for him to just unexpectedly passed uh, the way he did last week. It, it hit me a lot harder than I thought it actually would. Um, so with that, uh, we, we are, you know, I, we are going to do a little uh, sort of memorial video for him. If you're listening on podcast uh, later down the line, uh, go check out the, the, the uh, YouTube channel to, to, to watch this video, um, but it's some of the moments from his career uh, that, that, that I enjoyed. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, well, we're going to start with this as a sort of remembrance of, of Bray Wyatt. Into the night 
So yeah, uh, we we're gonna miss you, Bray. Uh, 
Hope you're resting in peace. Tell Brody, tell Brody we miss him as well. But let's 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 dive on in. Let's get out of that sort of somber mood. Dive on into to the show. So the Wednesday show or uh, the the sort of midweek show that I that I do here. This is uh, sort of reviewing SmackDown from last week and then Raw from Monday. I'm gonna be completely honest with you though. I didn't watch either of them. Well, last Friday was the sort of memorial show with for for Bray, and then this past Monday, I just I'm gonna be completely honest. Uh, the product to me is stale, uh, and uh, I just th- there's not a lot going into this. It's always this way this time of the of the year. The, the product just seems super. Uh, I don't want to say boring, but it is, it's stale and it, it drags on. Um, and so um, the only things that I've really heard of, of these two episodes that were good were sort of the Ms. LA night promos. Uh, and then la- uh, Monday night had uh, a good main event from what I've heard. Again, I, I didn't watch raw, um, but I want to talk about Ms. and LA night. Uh, again, because I've been saying for the last couple uh, weeks here since the start of this feud that I didn't think that this was a a good first feud for LA Knight to be introduced in this sort of push because I thought that Miz has been outperforming him in the promo department. Ultimately, we'll get to our 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 uh, payback predictions at the end of the show. Ultimately, I do believe LA Knight's going to win the match. But when, when I, I'm not a big fan of like, Oh, LA Knight won the feud because he won the match. I don't think that way. I think I look at the, the total feud in terms of who does good in every aspect of, of building that, that, uh, that rivalry. And I just think Miz has been better on the mic. And, and, and building this story. And we've seen some weaknesses in LA night. I've been saying this and, and, and it's, it's one of those things where I don't want to be that guy, but it really, uh, it really sort of, uh, or should worry someone of can LA night actually be that guy? Is he really the main event guy that we think that, that people in the community and in the, and, and wrestling fans think that he can be. I think he can be a pretty good world champion. Absolutely. But not when you have guys like Rollins and, and, and Reigns and, and guys like that. And like you, LA Knight to me just doesn't stand out from, from those guys. It's not that LA Knight's bad. I just don't personally believe that he, in the company right now that he's the the next main eventer because you got so many people in NXT even Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, Dragonov that I feel are biting for that same spot and I think some of them are better than LA Knight as a complete package. Um and so I just and, and then Miz comes out Monday night and sort of pretends to be LA Knight and does LA Knight better than LA Knight does. That should that should be a worry to some people, right? So there's not much to review in terms of Raw or SmackDown because I didn't watch uh, the product. 
um, Friday was because I was at the Titans Patriots game. And then Monday, I just didn't feel like watching it, to be honest with you. I just, it, I was afraid we were going to get the same thing we've gotten for six weeks straight. And of course, the one week that uh, I don't watch it, it, they changed the formula. Uh, but the next sort of new story uh, that we'll talk about is Monday, WWE and the NFL um, announced a collaboration of the two companies to where WWE will sell uh, belts for each of the 32 teams. Um, uh, but just mysteriously, the Jaguars were removed from the site. Um Fanatics, the company that the WWE shop is run through now, is basically saying that they sold out quicker than they expected. Um, they'll be added back once they're back in stock. There's a lot of people saying WWE's just being petty and had them removed. But the third option, the third sort of way this could have happened, no one's talking about. What if Tony Khan told them, no, we're not going to sell it? What if Shad Khan said, no, I'm not going to allow the Jaguars to be, you know, have products sold by WWE? Is that not a possibility that the cons were the ones? Why, why is it always WWE that's the petty one? And, and, and is that not a possibility that, hey, the cons maybe just called fanatics? They have to have relationships with fanatics because they own the Jaguars and a, a soccer team that sells merch through fanatics. They have contact. Hey, pull the belt. We're not going to allow the Jaguars to be sold by the by the WWE. Is that not? A, I mean, it's a possibility. Ultimately, I do think they just sold out. That's what I believe. I don't think this is anyone removing it. The WWE would have no reason to pull the Jaguars uh, belt off. Like, I don't think they care that much of who the Jaguars are, are owned by. To to pull the belt off of the store. The only way they get pulled, I believe, is if the cons tell them to pull to pull them. Um, so what do you guys think? Uh, let me know your 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 you know in the comments, let me know what you think. Who who had it pulled or are they just sold out? Um uh, at this time I'll plug the Discord as well. Um, as well as the casual wrestling show YouTube page run by Nerdy D. Go check that out. Uh, like, share, subscribe there if you haven't. In his videos, he has the link to the Discord. You can join the discourse there. <clears throat> All right, so now we get to the part where, you know, it's in the title. We're, we'll start with the CM Punk drama because it seems like this is never ending. Um, so... The last time I spoke about CM Punk, I blamed CM Punk. I called him um, soft. I said that, you know, he needed to, to get tougher skin and he couldn't be reacting the way he reacts. This time, though, this I don't believe this is CM Punk's fault. So I want to hypothetical this situation. Let's go through. Let's assume that everything that's been reported by I think Brian Alvarez is the dude who's reporting everything, um, which to me is a little bit sketchy considering that he's close with the young bucks. And so that's just, you know, just to throw that out there. Um, but let's just say, let's assume all the information that Brian Alvarez has told us is true. Let's, let's, let's walk through the event here. 
Let's walk through the, the trail of events and, and, and let's put ourselves in, in the, the shoes of one Phil Brooks, also known as CM Punk. You're at home Tuesday of last week. You're, you have filming uh, obligations. You spend Wednesday with your wife uh, and, and Wednesday and Thursday with your wife and you travel Friday. You, you, you get there, you know, I guess it was Saturday morning of, of last week, this past weekend, you get to the airport and no one was there waiting for you. You don't have anyone from the company. You don't have, um, a, a, a car waiting for you. You don't have anyone there to pick you up. The number that was given to you by the director of uh, like travel, I guess is his position name, which by the way, the dude's a, a, a big fan, a, a big friend of the Young Bucks. And this is, a, this is a, a theme that you'll, you'll see here throughout us going through this story. Um, that number that he gives you to call the dude to come pick you up, well, well you're calling it and it's an invalid number. It keeps, you know, it's not the guy you... I'm assuming it either doesn't exist or it goes to a person who isn't the guy who works for AEW who's supposed to pick up Phil Brooks from the airport. So now you're Phil Brooks. I mean, I would assume he's irritated. You know, the show's the next day. Uh, you're in a foreign city. You get flown halfway around the world. And no one's there to meet you. No one's there to take you to the hotel. With the help of some some strangers who don't know who you are, you get pointed to your hotel. You get to the hotel, right? So I would assume he's already pretty pissed off. I know I would be. Uh, so then you get to the next day, and you're going to open all in. The biggest show of, of AEW's history, a history-making show, you're gonna you're going to start the you know the main card. You're gonna be that first match. So you're sitting in Gorilla as the pre-show is ending, and you have Jack Perry and I believe it was Hook ending the pre-show. At in that match, Jack Perry goes into business for himself, brings up a uh, a previous incident from several weeks ago live on camera and says something along the lines of, this looks like real glass, now cry me a river. Um, and then proceeds to himself get put through said glass and finds out the reason why every producer in the company told him they weren't going to do the spot with live glass because as he's walking back to the ring, he's dripping blood from his elbow. You know, that's the reason why you, you use the... the uh, the I don't know the techni the technical name for it, but you use the stage prop glass because that actually breaks and it doesn't it doesn't like shatter into a billion pieces like windshield glass does. And it, you know I don't know if you've learned Jack Perry from Goldberg when he about broke his hand. There's a reason they they use the sort of stage prop glass when they do scenes like this, and it's also why you were told no by multiple people several weeks ago. Um, so the match finishes and Mr. Jungle Boy Jack Perry, uh, walks backstage 
And according to the the events reported by Brian Alvarez, bumped CM Punk, who then pushed him back, asked if he had a problem, and when Jungle Boy got in his face, he proceeded to choke him. Now, now the report is like, uh, sort of like an MMA style choking. I like how Cornette sort of described it, how he envisioned it. Uh, Cornette believes and envisioned, now he wasn't there either, that it was sort of like uh, one of those reactionary like choke slam chokes where you sort of grab him by the throat and push him against the wall as like a warning. Uh, and because Cornette said that that's, you know, there are several times guys would do that back in the day and, you know, it was just, hey, I ain't got time to, to be Ash right now, but later down the line, I will. If, if you're here, right? And, and apparently Punk was going out. He, he was about to go do his entrance, and, and apparently Samoa Joe broke it up, and Punk basically said, you know, if you're here when I get back, there's going to be problems, basically. Right? Uh, now, at that point in time, we've gone through the story. Put yourself in CM Punk's shoes. Would you not be a little bit irritated? You just got left at the airport. You have to be paranoid about the fact that everyone on the elites uh, friend in, in the elites friend friend club is 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 messing with you and trying to 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 start fights with you. You'd be a little bit on edge too, wouldn't you? So I I I, I understand. I'm empathetic to Punk's side here. I don't believe Punk is to blame here. Jack Perry went completely in business for himself, unprofessional. Uh, and and um, he um, F A F O fucked around and found out. Uh, so yeah, one of these points in time, someone's gonna do something to CM Punk, and he's just gonna snap, and he's gonna be completely justified in doing so because they're messing with him, right? The, the, you can tell this is completely intentional. This is completely intentional. So I want to tell the story another way. Let's tell the story of why I believe it's in intentional. Let's go back to the start of AEW. You have a group of friends who, who know they can't make it in WWE. Let's just be honest. The elite would be mid-carters, um, if not buried, in WWE had they gone there in 2019 instead of starting AEW. They know they couldn't get over in WWE. So they find a coked out billionaire who's a wrestling mark who who is willing to spend the money on this company. And, and I've said this numerous times. I believe Tony Khan is being used by the elite for money and to get themselves over to make themselves mega stars in, in the business. And it would not surprise me years down the line if they jump ship and join WWE once they're done making all their money and having their, their fun on their own little playground. Right. And so at this time they're hiring all of the elites, best friends, right? It's the reason, uh, Excalibur's the head commentator, uh, all the guys from PWG and all their indie buddies that, you know, we're bringing them in, we're, we're signing them. They're putting them on the show, getting them exposure. Well, that worked for a little bit. Um, but Tony Khan, the, the drunked out, or excuse me, coked out uh, billionaire, he 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 had the opportunity to to make some real uh, a real splash in 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 the 
in the business and, and signed CM Punk, the guy everyone's been chanting his name for the last seven years. He brought him back. But see, CM Punk, he came in, and I believe with humble intentions, to sort of get and help the younger guys, your Ricky Starks, your Hobbs, your Jungle Boys. But he was going to do it differently. He wasn't going to make it a, a social club where everyone was friends and you can just have fun on the playground. He he brought, what, decades worth of experience on how to actually get over with the television market. Because what I, what I don't think people understand is an indie show versus a TV show, you know, WWE style production is completely different in presentation. And so he was going to change the way it was run. Well, this didn't fit well with the Cucamonga boys, uh, uh, the the Young Bucks and, and Kenny Omega. They uh, And so they, you know, went into business for themselves as well as Adam Page, and they started the well, what is now known as the Brawl-In. And so this is, this is sort of strike one, right? CM Punk's the only one that really got punished, right? And, and then we lead up to today, and multiple times people – have said CM Punk started something backstage. And I believe it's ultimately an intentional way to try to get him fired. Now I've gone on record and I still believe this at all in or all out last year. Everyone involved should have been fired. Jack Perry here needs to be fired. Ultimately the blame is on Tony Khan. He has no balls. He needs to become big ball. Tony, he needs to, Set an example to the locker room that if you mess around, you will be fired. But here's the big question in this instance. Jack Perry. Jack Perry apparently said something like, what are you going to do about it, punk? Jack Perry, you're like 137 pounds. And, you're, and I get it. CM Punk's technically 0-1. And, technically, he's 0-1 with no contest. Uh, the other one didn't go on his record because it was ruled a no contest. Uh, I get it. He got... He got destroyed in the MMA, but he's still a trained fighter versus the the, the Beverly Hills uh, um, golden child and, and Jack Perry, who, who – how many times do you imagine Jack Perry got in a fight growing up? I, I hardly doubt he did. And he's what? Again, like 137 pounds? My money's on punk even in this – even in a, in, a, in a real fight. Um. This comes down back to it. Tony Khan has no control of his locker room and the locker room of the younger guys. They don't want to be told what to do. They want to do whatever they want to do. And they have no respect for the people who built the business. Um, that, 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 that's, that's what it comes off as. Um, but now for three events in a row or, or that we can count with CM Punk, it's sort of overshadowed or, or there's some sort of drama for three big events in the last year that gets overshadowed by drama. You, you go back to double or nothing last year with the MJF walkout. No one's talking about double or nothing, the actual event. Everyone's talking about MJF walking out and all the drama that created, right? You're not talking about all out the, the show. You're talking about the brawl out after the, the press conference. And we're not talking about, all in, we're talking about the drama that started and happened during All In. That's all. I, no one's talking about a record-breaking 81,000 fans, paid fans, 
lar largest paid gate of any show ever in the history of the business. But no one's talking about that because it's overshadowed by more drama because Tony Khan refuses to send the message. Um, and and I th that's that's the problem. That's the problem right there. We can blame it on Punk, as the elite fanboys will. You can blame it on the elite, like I will. But at the end of the day, this is on Tony Khan. He's the boss. He could set the example, and he refuses to do anything about the drama in the back. And then you have guys like MJF sort of make fun of it, like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're a gang of misfits. We don't get along, but but it is what it is type thing that, that he said at, at the press conference. I'm sorry, but you can't be having your big events every every big pay-per-view overshadowed by some sort of drama and there's drama because Tony Khan refuses to lay down the law. And again, if he would just listen to me, he would have the problem fixed. Literally fire Jack Perry, go to CM Punk. And honestly, fire CM Punk, though you might be doing him a favor. And, and honestly, you should have fired the elite. That would set a message pretty damn quickly on uh, what, what you're going to take and not take, right? So the blame, I'm always going to do this. The blame's always on Tony Khan. All right, so let's move on to uh, what, I, what I'm going to call the main thing, and it's how do we fix WWE's pretty stale booking at the moment. Um, but I, I think there's a, there's a problem with it. And the problem is, quite honestly, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Paul Levesque, Triple H, whatever you want to call them. His booking style is the problem. It's 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 tr first off a lot of it's lazy, but second it just it comes off like he's just trying to appease the super hardcore fan and do what they want. Um, and so he's he's building like off of the sort of lore of their their indie career. So for example, like Nakamura, you know, and and. Uh, all of these guys allowing them to sort of use their lore from like, even when he was building Finn Balor up and uh, you know, years ago when uh, they were sort of showing film of his Prince Devitt days that annoy. I'm being completely honest with you. That annoys me. What, what uh, Fergal Devitt is his real name. What he did in new Japan has nothing to do with what he's doing in WWE. And so my viewpoint is that what we know as the WWE universe, the stories and the characters we get in the WWE universe should be separated in a, in a separate reality or universe than the life that we currently live. Fergal Devitt doesn't exist in the WWE universe. Finn Balor does. Uh, Rebecca Quinn uh, doesn't exist in the WWE universe. Becky Lynch does. Uh, Joe Anoa'i doesn't exist in the WWE universe. Roman Reigns does. Right? That takes away some of the bloodline story, though. So I understand. What, right? But even then, like, you can explain Roman Reigns is the son of the Wild Samoans. You don't have to mention sort of like the the his real name, right? Or or how the Usos, like the Usos, remember that promo uh, where they used uh, Joshua, he called himself Joshua instead of Jay? Like, that, that, that should never happen. 
because your name's Jay in the WWE universe. And what happened in New Japan, what happens on the indies, it should never play a role in WWE booking. So the way that I look at it is WWE, the universe, is its own universe in the same way that Robert Downey Jr. doesn't exist in the Marvel Universe. Iron Man does, and whatever the, the, the character under the suit, I don't actually care that much about it. Like, but in the same with sort of Star Wars, right? Uh, um, damn, I don't forgot his name. Harrison Ford doesn't exist in the Star Wars universe. Han Solo does, right? Carrie Fisher doesn't exist in the Star Wars universe. Leia does, uh, right? And so we need to have, if WWE were to take that approach to their booking, in order to do that, you have to get away from the reality booking. You have to get away from trying to, you know, for example, my favorite NXT women's wrestler is Sol Ruka, but she doesn't have much of a gimmick. Her gimmick is I was a gymnast in, in college and I like to surf and, and that's her gimmick. They, they, they took stuff about her, turned it up to 12 and that's her gimmick. Well, that works for a little bit, but but there's not much substance there. Um, and so, if if we were if we were to stop doing that type of booking and move to the booking of booking actual characters, someone like you know a Bray Wyatt who who had a character that was completely separate from who Wyndham Rotunda was, it could be influenced by his life. But it shouldn't be directly referenced to Wyndham Rotunda because Bray Wyatt is not Wyndham Rotunda. Rotunda, excuse me, it's a character that he's playing, right? But we don't have any of those those gimmicks. Like Cody Rhodes is the only face that I can think of that has a backstory, but his entire backstory is based off of of like real life events. Um, and so. WWE has to sort of find a way to create like their own universe outside of the reality that we live in. Now, the tough part that comes into this is the fans are too smart for their own good and would 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 not play along. So the, the issue that I have with this, and I've even sort of thought this when I was thinking about this, is what if WWE sort of created like a Thunderdome-type event and remove... We're not going to put the screens there, but have like Titan Center or, or, or someplace where like WWE takes place live from Capital, whatever. I, you know, the Capital Wrestling Center is what they used to call. I don't even know if they still call the NXT arena that. Uh, but what if they like come up with like their own little building? Like, honestly, build your own stadium and all of your shows sort of take place from that stadium. I understand that sort of removes the the fan aspect from it. The other suggestion is to tell the fans your character when you step into that arena. For example, they're coming to my town, uh, my city of Charlotte, North Carolina, next Monday. If I were to go, I'm not because my Clemson Tigers are on. But if I were to go to that arena, the second I step into Spectrum Center, I'm no longer, you know a particular fan like Roman Reigns is my favorite. You know, I, I particularly would like to, to boo Cody Rhodes, but when I step into the arena, I'm a character in a story. 
and we're supposed to cheer the good guys, boo the bad guys. That's how I look at it, right? I may hate Cody Rhodes' character, but I have to cheer for him because that gets over the, the character. That's what, you know, if this was an actual show, the producer, right now also the producer has to give me a reason to cheer for him. But at the same way, we boo Dominic Mysterio because that's what we're supposed to do in character as fans. We boo the bad guys. We cheer the good guys. And and, and I feel a lot of these uh, sort of hardcore fans, they try to get too smart for their own good. And it, and it, it ruins the presentation that WWE is trying to present in, in their storyline. Um, so that, that's, that, that, to me, that's how you fix the booking. It's, it's give me gimmicks, give me characters, something not based on like who the real person is and, and create a separate universe where we don't reference things that happen in real life. Right. Um, so, you know, for example, I would never mention the fact that Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins are married. Because in in story mode, they're not. In real life, they are, right? Or re, when Logan Paul sort of broke the fourth wall and called out Samantha Irvin for being Ricochet's uh, fiance, that added to the story. But at the same time, like in story, Ricochet doesn't have a girlfriend or a fiance, right? And so you you you. We, we have to sort of draw the line of what we're going to allow. And to me, if we just create our own universe, similar to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where what happens in the WWE Universe doesn't affect, right, isn't based off of what has happened in real life. So your New Japan stuff doesn't affect your character in WWE because it's completely, like, New Japan doesn't exist in the WWE Universe because it's a separate universe, if that makes sense. Um, so let me know what y'all think about that as well. Um, we are going to move on, um, to the next, uh, thing here. And we're going to predict payback. Uh, I'm be completely honest. I'm not too excited for this pay-per-view. Um, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to try to enjoy it. Uh, but I'm, I'm not. I think it's going to be better than 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 I'm expecting. But I, I'm just there's nothing of real substance to me here. So we'll go through these matches real quick. I'm not going to give a deep, you know, in um, you know, prediction on these matches. So we'll go through these. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus in a steel cage match. Becky Lynch is winning. I don't think there's a question here. Becky Lynch is winning, and hopefully. This is the end of this feud because it's it's about stale. Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the World Heavyweight Championship. As much as I want Shinsuke to win, I think my prediction is Seth Rollins. Rhea Ripley versus Raquel for the Women's World Championship. Again, as much as I would love to see Raquel win because I think maybe we could actually get a decent title. And it's not not that I hate Rhea. Rhea is I think the top woman in the industry. She's just, there's, they're not giving her anything. But Rhea's winning this match, and this feud's going to last for a while. Um, let me see. Mysterio versus Theory 
for the United States Championship. Um, I'm going Mysterio. I'm either I'm going Mysterio as my prediction, but I also think this could end in DQ with a Santos Escobar turn on Mysterio. I could see that happening. Um, and then LA Knight versus the Miz. LA Knight's winning the 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 match, but again, I asked the question: Has he won? Has he has he gotten over to you more than what he was prior to the Miz feud, to where the, we can consider this a major bump in in his uh, in, in his in his uh, stock in the company, right? And then we got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defending the undisputed tag team championships in a Steel City Street fight against the Judgment Day of Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Um, with it being a street fight, it means no DQ. My assumption is either the Judgment Day win or or Priest is going to cost them the title in some way, shape, or form, and that's how they're, they're going to blame him, and that's how they're going to kick him out of the group because it is being basically, for the last you know four to six weeks, been pretty much rumored Damian Priest is getting kicked out of Judgment Day. Uh, and so I'm going with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn retaining the titles. Um, and again, nothing exciting really happens, I think. This is just your standard, you know, September pay-per-view, trying to finish out the year. Um, it's 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 the slow part of the year. So um, we'll see where that goes. And then we'll, we'll end like we normally do with – um, the slapping meat brackets, I actually don't have the bracket pulled up at the moment. Um, but I, we'll, we'll go over the, the, the matchups that the last matchups were Raquel Rodriguez versus, uh, Nikki Bella and Cora Jade versus Trish Stratus. And the winner is, uh, Nikki Bella over Raquel and Cora Jade over, Trish Stratus, and then that means um, we'll move on to the next two matchups um, as we as we move into the first uh, final eight matchup or the first two. It's going to be Rio Ripley versus Shops. Excuse me, Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Charlotte. Uh, to get into the final four in our top women's bracket of WWE history, with um, so again Bailey versus Charlotte and Sasha versus Rhea. Let me know what you all think um, on there. The, that post will be up in the Discord. Again, uh, you can join that discourse there by going to the Casual Wrestling Show um, YouTube page, subscribing there, going to his videos. The links in that the video there, and you can join the discourse. You can vote on this on this poll, and um, we'll see you guys on Saturday. Also, if you join the Discord, leave your suggestions and and questions because that's what we'll talk about on Saturday. But until then, hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we will see you on Saturday. Brother, I'm If I like it's a moment